We are live from the great state of Tennessee, the birthplace of Miley Cyrus and Piggly Wiggly. I'm your host, Patrick Simpson, and this is Paranoid, the podcast where we break down conspiracy theories and unsolved mysteries and separate fact from fiction. So covering a pretty interesting topic today, a topic that everyone in the world is talking about. So naturally, when I do these kind of episodes, it always brings in a lot of new listeners. So I'm assuming a lot of you are listening for the very first time. And I appreciate you for giving me a try. There's a million different podcasts out there, probably more than that. And there's tons that probably cover this topic, tons of conspiracy theory podcasts, podcasts for just about everything. So the fact that you even took a quick second to check me out, I really appreciate it. And hopefully you like the episode and maybe go back and listen to some other episodes. Cover a good range of just about everything if you scroll through my list. It's not just conspiracy theories. I do a little bit of unsolved mysteries, just a little bit of just weird, creepy stories. You scroll through, I guarantee you there's a couple of things that you'll find interesting. I would love it, really love it if you wouldn't listen to all of them because I think they're all interesting. But I know aliens isn't really everybody's thing. Government conspiracies isn't really everybody's thing. But most people tend to love unsolved mysteries. So there's tons of that on there. And there's a couple of conspiracy theories that I think you actually would enjoy, even if you aren't, quote, a conspiracy theorist. So like I said, hopefully you tune in, listen to this whole episode, kind of enjoy the vibe that we have here and continue to join us. But if not, at least go back, check out a couple of other episodes. I think you'll learn something new. I learned something new when I'm researching these episodes. People always tell me, man, I had no clue this happened. Historic events such as Tupac, Princess Diana, MK Ultra, anything you can think of, stuff you've probably heard of, but I do a little bit unique, different, deeper type of research. But I think there'll be something on there that you'll learn from. So hopefully you give me a shot and keep rolling along this ride with me. Been about six months of me doing this podcast. I've done it six months consecutively, which is a miracle. I don't think I've ever done anything for six months straight in my entire life. So the fact that I've recorded an episode every single Monday for six straight months is pretty exciting. Got some big things planned. So again, if you're a new listener, I appreciate you taking time and welcome. And of course, if you're one of my loyal listeners from the very beginning, of course, welcome. Again, as always, I don't take you for granted. I appreciate everyone that's been listening since day one. Really appreciate it. Except, or else I'd just be on here talking to myself. I didn't have an audience. So like I said, I do this all for you. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode for today. Hopefully you learn something new. What were you doing in 1999? Some of you that are listening crazy enough weren't even born, which is kind of a scary thought. Some of you were in college. Some of you were already fully functioning adults. And then a lot of you were just regular kids like me. But regardless, unless you weren't born, everyone in 1999 knew the song that I just played. And everybody obviously knows the song now. In 1999, the legend known as Britney Spears jumped onto the scene with her hit song, Hit Me Baby One More Time. 
She continued to release albums and hit songs, and she was Insta famous before Instagram was even a thing. Like women, girls mainly, would fall out crying, screaming just to be in her presence at a concert. Like it was one of the craziest things. I remember every single talent show, some like five girls sung a Britney Spears song at our talent show at school. Like she was the craze and she was literally on top of the world going into the 2000s and through the early 2000s and seemed like there was nothing that was ever going to stop her. But if you listen to my podcast about famous people or just watch the news in general, when you hit the mountaintop, there's usually a steep decline. In some instances, you got people like Tom Brady, who just seems to never fall off the cliff. But in the music industry, it usually is a steep decline, unfortunately. Some do manage to stay high up and have long, long, successful careers. But a lot of times, fame, drugs, family, whatever it might be, ends up killing the career of a lot of these artists, unfortunately. And Britney Spears was not an exception to this, which we'll dig into. But in 2008, things really, really got out of hand. And that is when Britney Spears was held under a conservatorship, which, again, we will discuss going into the episode. But from this moment on, she wasn't really a free woman. She could do certain things. She could go on tour and she could still make appearances, but she couldn't control her own finances. She couldn't control her home. And so in reality, she really wasn't free, not as free as a functioning adult should be. And this has been a battle. Now we're here in 2021. This is a battle going on for 13 years that her supporters and herself have claimed she is good to go. She does not need to be under this conservatorship. But yeah, here we are, like I said, 13 years later, and we are still or she is still Unfortunately, fighting this battle in the courts just haven't been on her side. And while this was a pretty well-known issue among people that followed her, it really didn't start to take take off steam until about a couple of years ago when you take a look at her Instagram and things just started to get really weird. And people are like, what is going on with Britney? Like, is she on drugs? Is she being held against her will? Like, there's just so many quote, theories that were just going on about her. And now that the documentary that we're going to talk about has just come out, people's eyes are really, really open to what's going on. The question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we missing something? Is her dad or is the people on the conservatorship, is the courts right? Is there something that we're missing that it would explain why she still needs to be under the conservatorship? Or are we on the right side on trying to get her out of this? This is the story of the Free Britney movement. Britney was so focused. This is a girl that's coming from strength. People became fascinated with her sort of unraveling. How we treated her was disgusting. She accepted the conservatorship was going to happen, but she didn't want her father to be a conservative. Anytime there's that amount of money to be made, you have to question the motives of everyone. Why is her dad making all of her decisions? Why is she still in this?
So I'm not going to spend time really boring you facts with the background about Britney Spears. You probably already know it by now, but if you don't, the documentary on Hulu that kind of started this discussion does give some background on her childhood and how she was destined for greatness and her first time performing and when she, how she handled the media, all that stuff as a kid. It's important. And it does definitely play a part into making her who she was, but I'm not going to spend time covering that. I'm kind of just going to jump straight into the meat of this because I could honestly talk about this for hours, but I try to keep my podcast at a different length. So like I said, in 1999, she takes off. She's famous. 2000 goes well. 2001 goes well. 2002, 2003, all goes well. She's on top of the world in different kind of movies, TV shows. Everything's going great. Then in July 2004, she be, she got engaged to Kevin Federline, K-Fed, and it seemed like a decent relationship from the outside looking in, but as we'll come to learn, they did end up having some problems like most celebrity couples end up doing. But like I said, they got engaged in 2004, and from 2005 and 2006, at least most of 2005 to early 2006, things, at least as far as that marriage, seemed from the outside, like I said, the BOK wasn't causing much troubles, but early 2006 is when her life in general, things really started to unravel. So it really started mainly in February of 2006. Pictures kind of went viral of Brittany driving with her son on her lap instead of the car seat. And of course, I mean, you don't have to have kids to realize this is not a good idea at all, because we're talking about like a baby sitting in the lap instead of in the car seat, and you could pump the brakes real quick or get hit, and the baby's going to be not protected, and the airbag's definitely going to kill the baby. bunch of different, there's nothing good about driving in your car with the baby in your lap. It's not a good idea. So child advocates, everybody going crazy, kind of blew up, and she basically had to come out and say it was her, was a mistake. Didn't end up blowing up too much, but it was just one little thing. Like people were like, why would she do that? That doesn't make any sense. And that's just basically things that just started to add up of like individually is not that concerning. But when it starts happening over and over and over again, people are like, is there something wrong with her? Like what's going on? Why are you thinking? Like that's the main problem. And like I said, it just continued and continued to go up. And in November of 2006, Brittany filed for divorce from Kevin Federline. Basically, we don't really know exactly what happened. They just said they had their differences and they kind of moved on. The divorce was finalized in 2007 and they reached a settlement to where they would have joint custody. Life goes on. One of the big things that happened in January of 2007, Brittany Spears' aunt, her name was Sandra Covington, they were like really close. Like, you know, a lot of us have that aunt or that uncle that like is kind of like depending on their age, like an older brother, sister, or even a father figure, depending on the age. She was really close to this aunt. And her aunt died of ovarian cancer in 2007. And then in February, Brittany stayed in a rehab facility for less than a day. So, I mean, if you do the math, like I said, this was less than a month from the time that one of her biggest mentors died, she ends up in a rehab facility. So like I said, I don't think that individually caused her to maybe go to rehab, but it was just a, a pileup of things and losing your mentor 
kind of adds to it. And then the big moment, the next night after she leaves rehab, she shaves her head with electric clippers at a hair salon in Los Angeles. And everybody's seen the picture. I mean, it's on every tabloid. Everybody's seen the picture of bald Britney Spears. And that is when like people were kind of like, okay, there's something going on with her. But when she shaved her head, that is when everything really started to hit the public side. Like, okay, something, which, I mean, you can shave your head. There's nothing, shaving your head individually doesn't mean that you're crazy. But when you've already had this other stuff going on, and then you shave your head out of the blue the day after you leave rehab, yeah, the tabloids, all of them are going to come out and put the pieces together. And then throughout the following week, she kept admitting herself into different kind of rehab facilities. But through that, in October 2007, she releases her fifth album, Blackout, and it debuted at number two, and things were going good. Like, despite her personal life seeing not really going that great, her career, she still put out the album, she still went on tour, and everything at the moment, at least from the outside looking in, it was like, okay, you know, personal life not going great, but she's still focused when it comes to her career, when it comes to her music. The album's a success, and like I said, things kind of were going good at that time. But in 2008 is where the story really begins. Like I said, her and Kevin Federline had got a divorce. They had joint custody. But one night in January 2008, Brittany refused to relinquish custody of her sons. Like I said, her visitation or whatever, her time with her kids were up. Supposed to go back to Kevin, but she didn't want to give her kids up. So it leads to this entire big scene, and basically she's hospitalized, and the police notice she appears to be under the influence of something. They don't say what, but they notice like that she's just off, like she's crying, she's going crazy, she won't let the kids go. Like it's just the entire crazy scene. And then the next day, Spears' visitation rights were suspended, and they had an emergency court hearing where. KFED was given sole physical and legal custody of the children. And then on top of it, she was committed to the psychiatric ward at the LA Medical Center and put on an involuntary psychiatric hold under, which is legal in California. And that's fine. I mean, it's not fine, but life goes on. You go to psychiatric ward. But the thing is, that same day is that the court placed her under a conservatorship by her father. Jamie Spears and attorney Andrew Wallet, giving them complete control of her assets. And keep in mind, she was released from the psychiatric ward literally five days later. So the question is, why was she placed on the conservatorship? Now, some of you may be asking, what even is a conservatorship? Now, according to the judicial branch of California's official website, it's an exact quote, a conservatorship is, quote, a court case where a judge appoints a responsible person or organization, the conservator, to care for another adult called the conservatee who cannot care for himself or herself or manage his or her own finances. And just, I mean, if, if it doesn't make sense, basically a conservatorship is like for old people, basically. Like if you got an old person that like is either incapacitated or isn't in a mental state anymore to where 
they can, you know, make smart financial decisions or they feel like they're vulnerable to being scammed because like they're something just off, like they can't do math well or they're easily fooled. You know, older people can be on conservatorship by their parents or their carekeeper so that they have legal access to their funds to make sure that that person doesn't do anything dumb. Now, conservatorships, at least from what I've seen, is possible for younger people, but it's very rare. This is something that is normally, like I said, for old people. Like I said, at the time that she got incapacitated or put in the psych ward, it was a temporary conservatorship. And she was out in five days. And this was in January. But then nine months later in October, the conservatorship is made permanent. And my question is, why? Why? I have seen, if, if anybody follows any celebrities, any of them, we've seen Disney stars all go crazy. Amanda Bynes, Corey in the house. I mean, we maybe not Corey in the house. I can't remember his name, but you know who I'm talking about from uh, That's So Raven. Like, we've seen Disney stars and famous people go absolutely insane. Worse than this, like I said, she didn't give up her kids and she was on drugs, and yet, that is worthy of being put on the conservatorship. But we've seen RIP to him, but we've seen Michael Jackson hold a baby over a balcony. Like celebrities do crazy stuff all the time. I mean, they're celebrities. It's what they do. I'm not justifying it, saying it's okay. But celebrities do dumb stuff all the time, stuff that I've seen way worse. And they were not placed under a conservatorship. And it's not like we're talking like Britney Spears is 16. In 2008, she is 26, 27, depending on what day. I think she was 26. So she's a fully functioning adult who got put in the psych war. And like I said, it's not great. She's not doing great. But how is that enough to be placed under a conservatorship when she's released five days later? It doesn't make, and that is the whole point of this is what bothers me, is how did this happen in the first place? I can understand the temporary conservatorship. While she is in the psych war, nobody has access to her money. So the dad go, shows up and says, hey, I need to watch over her money while she's in the psych war. That is fine. But how nine months later is this made permanent? And like I said, she she's had some other kind of mix-ups and other kind of crazy things happen but in two but she was working on an album that's in 2008 she won an mtv music award she guest starred in a how i met your mother episode like she was doing stuff like she was out in the world she was acting she was making appearances she was going on saturday night live like during this time before it became permanent she was out look living like a normally function adult she did at least except from there's we don't know everything but from what I know, she didn't spend a billion dollars on something stupid. She didn't like lose all her money. Like I said, I don't know. But from what we've seen, we don't know anything about her just going out and buying an island with all her money or just giving money away. From everything I know, she still has her money. So she not like they had that kind of proof to show that she was just not taking care of her money. So my question is the whole point of this is why was the conservatorship 
made permanent nine months later when she's out on tour doing stuff. It, it Like I said, I, I get passionate about certain things. And this one is just, it just boggles my mind. Like, what are we missing here? Because we got to be missing something, right? Like, does the judge, does Britney Spears' dad have something on every L.A. judge? Like, I don't get it. And the thing that is crazy about this is that Britney Spears' dad was, like, not really in her life at all. Like, her mom was basically the mom and the dad. Then she had, like, her best friend, the older, it was an older lady. You'll see her in the documentary if you watch it. But an older woman that, like, took her on the tours while her parents watched Jamie Lynn Spears, the daughter. Like, why is the dad, dad hadn't been around her adult life. They don't really talk. He just pops up the moment she's in a psych ward and was like, I'll be her conservator. I'll have access to all her money. Why? Like I said, it, it, it doesn't make sense. And we honestly, not to ruin the documentary for you, but we don't really get answers. I don't know why. I mean, we've seen celebrities do way, I mean, way crazier stuff. And we've never had just someone come out the blue and be like, I'm going to be their conservator. I'm going to control all their money. I'm going to control their house. I'm going to control their life. Why? In this situation, does going to a psych ward for five days make you lose access to your money? It doesn't make sense to me. But like I said, we could, there could just be something that we're missing. I don't know. Hopefully, we'll dig in more and find out. But I just, it's, it just really bothers me how a judge nine months later approved this conservatorship to be permanent. To add to this, post-conservatorship, as she's still under this and continuing on her life, her comeback ends up being really, really successful. She, in March 2011, she, her seventh album, Femme Fatale, peaked at number one all over the world, basically all over the charts. Her singles were just on the top 100 for forever. Then in June that summer, she goes on her album tour. And I think it's like the fifth most popular tour of all time, at least at that time. I mean, she is like, I mean, her comeback is full, complete. Like, yeah, she has little moments, at least from what we see, little small spats with the media, but nothing of the shaving the head or anything crazy. In 2012, she becomes a judge on the second season of The X Factor, if you've ever watched that. And then in 2012... She does her next album, which was Britney Jean. I don't think that one did as well, but it did do fairly decent. And like I said, as the years go on, she's on tour. She's on TV shows. She's doing all this stuff. And her comeback is like full. Like, I think 2012, she was the highest grossing female in the entire world in 2012. How I try not to go on rants, but this one literally drives me crazy just thinking about this. How can someone be on one being on a TV show? You gotta remember your lines, then you be like a judge on like the X Factor, you gotta have some kind of competency to judge people on a show. Then you gotta go on tour where you gotta rehearse your dance moves. And like I said, when you go if you've ever followed someone on a tour. They do different things at different stops, different songs, different costumes, different dance routines. And she memorizes all this. There's no mistakes on her tour, at least none that we see. 
she goes on tour. She does all these great. She's highest grossing. Her albums are doing well. How can you still be under a conservatorship, which, like I said, this person is not fully, basically, a conservatorship, what they're saying is this person is not able to survive in the real world without help. But I can't even learn a TikTok dance. Like, TikTok dances are like three moves, and I can't learn them. But yet, she can learn full dances to every song for a tour, and somehow judges are still saying, oh, well, we're going to keep the conservatorship. It doesn't make any sense. Like I said, I'm not a lawyer. I don't really know a tons about conservatorship, but from the little research I've done, it doesn't make any sense at all. Like how the judges keep upholding this throughout the years when she is fully proving she is a fully functioning adult. Like I said, at this time, throughout all these years, I don't think she ever bought an entire island. I don't think she started some random wrestling federation with her money. Like we, there's no real cases of her just blowing billions of dollars. Yet she is still bringing in money. And says she's one of the highest grossing females throughout all these years. Be it she's not going broke, so she's not spending it bad. At least. So, like, what exactly am I missing? Now, some people, if you're on the anti-Britney side, you could say, well, this is only happening because she is on a conservatorship. Because of the conservatorship, she is making smart decisions. But while I can see where you're coming from with that, Still doesn't make any sense as far as even if like she isn't handling the money. I'm sure she still has a debit card. She didn't like doing things stupid with a debit card. I'm sure she could still somewhat get to her money a little bit. So like I said, I can see where you're coming from. You're like, well, the conservatorship is what got her back on the right path. But I'm going to say you're wrong in that situation. I usually don't say you're wrong. I usually am open to different opinions. But with that specific one, as far as from like 2008-2012. I said, you have a case, but I just can't see giving all the credit to the conservatorship. Conservatorship didn't get her to remember how to dance and remember lines and be a guest on TV shows. Like, It may have helped a little bit, maybe, but to me, that just proves that she shouldn't be under this anymore. But despite this stupid conservatorship, like I said, she's doing well. She's thriving. And everything is really going fine up until 2019. And here is where things really start to go off the rails. Like I said, up until this, it had been a good 11 years of, I'm sure she didn't want to be under the conservatorship, but she was handling it fine and no one really thought anything about it. But on January 4th, 2019, Brittany announced an indefinite work hiatus and she canceled her Las Vegas residency, which... During this time, she had been doing like these really, really good Las Vegas shows. I actually wanted to go to one, but I never made it. But maybe a couple of you listening have ever had actually saw it. But she was doing the shows in Las Vegas um, with her music, and they were like really popular. I think it was like the number one show in Las Vegas at that time. So she had made this plan. She was going to live in Las Vegas, and she was getting ready to do another version of a Las Vegas show that was like already pre-selling out. It was going to be a big deal. But the last second before that starts, she ends up canceling because her father, Jamie, suffered a near-fatal colon rupture. And in March, a couple months after that, she goes into a psychiatric facility, and they say it's because of the stress from her father's illness. But we tend to not believe that. And to give 100% credit, the podcast 
by the name of Brittany's Graham is basically what got the ball rolling on this. And this was basically a podcast that was created to follow Brittany's Instagram, like to make sense of what was going on with her, just a regular fan podcast of Britney Spears. But during that month, they received a voicemail message from, in quote, very, very reliable source who claimed to be a former member of Britney Spears' legal team. This source alleges that Jamie had canceled that Las Vegas residency due to Britney's refusal to take her medicine and that he had been holding her in the facility against her will since January 2019 because she violated a no driving rule and that her conservatorship was supposed to have ended in 2009, a year after it started. Like I said, everybody has, quote, sources. I mean, source anonymous sources is a big thing. Have most of the time they turn out to be wrong. But, I mean, in this situation, I really don't have any reason to doubt it, I guess. I mean, I'm sure like I said, you may doubt it. Said it may not be true, but it makes sense to me. And from here, this is where the movement hashtag Free Britney began. And this is solely the movement to terminate her conservatorship. And of course, you're here listening because you've heard about it, but this thing has blown up. Paris Hilton, Miley Cyrus, the ACLU, I mean, everybody has been in on this. And everybody that we know, at least that I've seen, has been a part of the Free Britney movement. Never haven't really seen anyone that isn't a part of it. Or like Biz says, oh, well, there must be a reason. Everybody's on the Free Britney movement. And it starts to go super out of hand, super crazy. And it's actually, it was surprising at this time. I remember seeing this, but Britney actually responded to all the rumors and everything in April of 2019 regarding this Free Britney movement. Hi guys, just checking in with all of you who are concerned about me, all is well. My family has been going through a lot of stress and anxiety lately, so I just need a time to deal. But don't worry, I'll be back very soon. Not gonna lie, especially if you watch the video, it's not very convincing. But nevertheless, I mean, you take her for a word. She's not saying that she's happy with the conservatorship. She doesn't mention anything about it. Basically, if you read the caption, she's just saying, hey, don't send death threats to my family, which regardless of how much she hates her dad, if we assume she hates her dad, I'm sure she doesn't want him dead. So basically, she comes out and says that, you know, stop the chaos, stop threatening my family, which is understandable. But that's not going to stop us. Not going to stop the the conspiracy theorists or the the Britney lovers. Not going to stop us. If anything, it's just going to make us push even harder because people tend to think that she was forced to do that or whatever. Whatever you think. But the Britney move, free Britney movement, really starts to catch on just solely because of her Instagram. We don't really get any new information. It's just if you go to her Instagram, I mean, it's weird. I mean. I honestly don't even know how to describe it. You honestly just have to download Instagram or if you have Instagram, go to Instagram, go to Britney Spears page and just scroll like it's weird. All her videos are behind like a white screen and she's doing like these weird dances. She looks like she hasn't gotten any sleep. Her captions are always like super weird and super creepy. Like there's just it's just something's just off. There's a lot off, but there's just, like I said, the conspiracy theorists out there, 
love that word, conspiracy theorist, but they're out there basically trying to make sense of every single thing that she posts. And it might not mean anything, but like, say, if you just got to go on her Instagram and it's just weird, it's just been getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And in August of 2020, the dad, Jamie Spears, finally spoke out about the Free Britney movement. He says, quote, all these conspiracy theorists don't know nothing. The world don't have a clue. It's up to the court of California to decide what's best for my daughter. It's no one else's business. I have to report every nickel and dime spent to the court every year. How the hell would I steal something? And basically he talks about the death threats. He says, I love my daughter. I love all my kids, but this is my business. Whatever that means, Jamie. But he comes out and says, basically, we're all conspiracy theorists. We're all crazy. He's not stealing money from her. But we go to Samuel Ingham, who is Brittany's lawyer. He says, not too late, not too later after, like two weeks later, he says the Free Britney movement is, quote, far from a conspiracy theory and that she welcomes the support. Another quote, direct quote. Britney Spears herself is vehemently opposed to this effort by her father to keep her legal struggle hidden away in the closet as a family secret. Another quote, far from being a conspiracy theory or a joke, as James reportedly told the media, in large part, this scrutiny is reasonable and even a predictable result of James' aggressive use of sealing procedure over the years to minimize the amount of information made available. Again, Brittany welcomes and appreciates the informed support of her many fans. And this is her lawyer we're talking about. Like, I would assume, I mean, he could be lying, but he's her lawyer. He's trying to fight for her. I would assume if that was not going to help her, he wouldn't say it. So I would, I mean, I would assume he's telling the truth. And she actually is in favor of this free Britney movement. Like I said, she's not in favor of the death threats, which is what she's trying to get. You have to separate that. We want to free Britney, but we also don't give out death threats and do stupid stuff because that doesn't help the movement. If anything, it just helps Jamie. So if you're one of those people, one of those idiots that have sent a death threat, stop. It's stupid. You're not doing, you're not helping. You're not doing anything at all. So like I said, we're to believe the lawyer at face value then she is happy and that we're out here supporting her and she welcomes it. So if that is actually true, then I mean, like I said, it really helps the fans push even harder to get something done. And like I said, up until this um, documentary came out, we really didn't know much going on as far as the, um, legal information so this documentary really was good about getting in the legal information but november 4th 2020 britney filed an official motion to permanently remove her father as co-conservator of her estate and the judge denied britney's request why i don't know but again britney's lawyer says britney is afraid of jamie and doesn't want to perform professionally while he's in his current role. And again, this literally just happened three days ago. This happened after the documentary. 
On February 11th of this year, 2021, Judge Brenda Penny upheld the partnership between Jamie Spears and Bessemer Trust, which, like I say, right now her conservatorship is between technically two people, her dad and Bessemer Trust, the bank. There's a bank that she has. So he's not the full conservator. He's co, and he basically handles the money with the bank. And so once again, they reject Spears' petition. And I just, I just don't understand why. Another quote from the lawyer. It's no secret that my client does not want her father as co-conservator, but we recognize that removal is a separate issue. So like I said, that was three days ago, just three days ago, the courts ruled that she still is going to keep a, keep the conservatorship between her dad and the bank. And her dad actually did fight to get rid of the bank. He wanted to be the sole conservator and they did, which was good. They did turn, they did shut that down. So at least we still have the, the bank on there. So it is a small victory, but for the most part, Jamie has been winning all of these different type of things. And that's where we are now. Today's Valentine's day. It's February 14th, 2021. She's obviously still under the conservatorship and from what it seems like with the lawyers, it's going to be a long battle if it ever she ever gets from underneath it. And like I said, I've been screaming this all episode. I don't know where I have to assume. I mean, there's really only two options here. We are in the right and she should be 100 percent be free or there is something going on behind the scenes that we are not understanding because we don't have access to it. Whether something like she looks fine in person or out in public, but she's like still having breakdowns behind the scenes. How you keep someone under conservatorship for 13 years, even though, like I said, they've been outperforming. They've been doing albums. They've not been making bad financial decisions. They've been on TV shows. They've been on tour memorizing different dances and songs like I how a judge knowing what a conservatorship is, how you keep someone under this. Like I said, um, now, if you're new to this podcast, I am a conspiracy theorist. Now, I'm not a crazy conspiracy theorist, but I basically believe that there is corruption. Like, people tend to look the best in every situation, and I tend to look at the worst in every situation. So maybe this is a corruption situation. Maybe these judges are corrupt. I, I don't know. I, I just... Or like I said, they have access to information we're just not seeing. There's just, there's something that we're missing. Because like I said, I like, I mean, these judges are, I would like to think or hope good people that are trying to do the right thing. So I just have to assume there's something out there that we're missing. And maybe we'll find out in the future or maybe we won't. But for now, like I said, we just keep digging, keep trying to find more information and try to get her from under this again even if she has to be under a conservatorship which i don't think she does but even if she does i don't think her father who was really never really in her life up until she went into the psychiatric ward should be the one to have this it should either be her mother or it should be that bank at least if the bank does it then it's not just one person that's tied to her i just don't think the father should have any ties to this, especially since they weren't actually even close.
But hopefully, once we get more information in the future, I'll do a part two to this. I mean, it could be a couple of months, could be a year. Whenever she either gets some new, real good information that's new, or hopefully she gets from underneath this conservatorship, I'll come back, make a part two, and discuss whatever happens then. But until now, like I said, keep fighting a good fight. Don't send death threats. Don't do anything stupid. But keep on your hashtag free Britney's, and let's try to get her underneath and get her free. That is it for the story about the Free Britney movement. Really hope you enjoyed this episode. Maybe you learned something new. At least got a refresher on some things maybe you knew about but forgot about. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at underscore Patrick Simpson. I love to discuss these type of things. This is a really popular topic that's going on right now. So if you think there's something more to this, are you on the opposite side? You think she does need to have a conservatorship? I'd love to hear that too. Said I don't any I don't expect anyone to share an opinion that I have. I love differing opinions. I love people telling me I'm wrong. That's what this is all about. It's not just everybody agreeing with me. I love disagreements, different theories. I love to see different point of views. So no matter what your view is on this, I would love to hear it. You can always tag me on something or send me a DM. Let's discuss. So this is a very unique situation. There's obviously so much more we don't know behind the scenes. All we know is what we can see from the outside. So maybe there is more to this story and she does need to have a conservatorship or you're on my side and think that she should be free to handle her money and do whatever she wants. Either way, let's talk about it. If you haven't subscribed, go ahead and press that button real quick so you can get the episode as soon as they drop. If you're on Apple or iTunes, really appreciate it. If you take a quick second, just to leave me an honest review so that so there's a lot of new listeners today. And I know there's going to be new listeners coming throughout the coming months. And they really lean on you for your reviews and your ratings to see what kind of podcast is about. Like I said, if you love it, I'd appreciate it. You, you comment. But if you hate it, don't be afraid to leave a comment either. I am not asking only for five stars. I want honest reviews so I can make this a better podcast for everyone and we'll be back next monday with a very new episode my name is patrick simpson and this is paranormal